name is Yijing. And my name is Laura. And this is Intune with Asia. Asia. Where we dissect what makes consumers tick. And dive deep into the different countries that make up the Asian continent. Hello and welcome to our second episode. Today we will be talking about mothers in Asia, a really interesting category, as it is a role that has just shifted so tremendously over the past decade within changing local societies, the influence of technology, and of course also an expanding definition of who can be a mother. We will be looking at what those changes are, what has driven them, and how brands have adapted and should adapt in the future. To answer these questions, we spoke with Kelly Togashi. Kelly Togashi is a strategy director who has worked in global advertising and branding for over 10 years. Her job in this creative industries is to listen and learn about moms, their dreams, their concerns, and to help brands shape their story to better support these parents. She's worked on various categories like breakfast cereal, infant formula, baby shampoo, and laundry detergent all targeting moms and their wallets. We begin the discussion on moms with a simple question. What's important for their kids? I think that there are a few things that are very, very important to moms. Obviously, safety for their kids is utmost, first and foremost, especially in their early months when a lot of moms just are so new to this. I think across you know, the entire globe, it's about having a happy and healthy kid. Um, and what that means can differ from society to society. So is happiness being able to be free and act like a kid? Is happiness about getting good grades, having a good job, having a big salary? And I think when you look at these different markets, that definition changes and there's no right or wrong answer, but you're trying to understand what does society expect what do moms want to define for themselves and their families? But are we seeing that definition shift? We are seeing that shifting. But one of the things that I've seen across all the different markets over my entire career is that moms really want to give their kids a better life than what they had growing up. Right. And it's not a criticism about where they came from, but it's being able to set their kids up for something even better and bigger and grander um, is not an easy task. So if we look at, I don't know, I mean, I know you are quite familiar with Vietnam, which is where you are right now, but you know, how does Vietnam differ from maybe Thailand or China? Yeah, so within APAC, there's lots of different countries and cultures, and that can be swayed by the influence of traditions, religion. Vietnam has a very specific history, a very, very collectivist society, still about making sure the society benefits, we as a whole benefit, do what's right. good for the group. Um, so what you do see in these different countries is a bit of a spectrum between collectivism and individualism. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know we talk a lot about these ideas of collectivism and individualism, but what do we actually mean by that? So when we think about collectivism, it's really understanding what is the group of moms doing? What has my parents and grandparents done? And how can I stick to tradition? How can I make them proud? And I think that's something that I've, I've seen shifting a lot in the past few years. Um, but when you look at some other countries, 
maybe parts of China, Hong Kong, even parts of Malaysia, you're starting to see a bit more individualism come out. And that's also shifting how moms are approaching parenting because it's about who they are as a woman, even beyond being a mom. It means who is their individual child um, and less so um, fitting into the crowd or catching up with their peers, but really being the best kid, their kid. With this difference in traditions and also some some cultures now embracing more of individualism then where are moms getting all their information about you know what's safe for their kids what's the best for their kids i think like most of us google is people's friends what google has allowed is really access to a lot more information so you can be a mom in a small rural village in the philippines but with you know, the internet, you can learn what it's like to be a mom in France and what their approach and what they're doing with their kids. And that's opened up a lot of different philosophies, a lot of mindsets, a lot of new traditions for moms. So it's really globalized um, how they see parenting. But you also see a lot of extra noise. And that's hard also for moms because there's more voices telling you what you should and shouldn't do. So I think the digital lens is one, um, but we can't forget that mom has a real sphere of people who influence her. She's going to her regular checkups, her doctors, nurses, the experts are giving their professional opinion, but obviously the person who's done this before is her mom. So her mom's going to have a a separate set of advice, what to do, what not to do. Her sisters, her girlfriends, even sales associates at a mom and baby store. What we see with modern moms nowadays is they really have to self-navigate and curate what she thinks is right for her and for her child, knowing all this information. So how, mm-hmm. I mean, that's interesting. So, so how, how do moms filter all of this nowadays and through what lens is it? I guess it's less and less tradition, as you said, right? I think it is tricky because I think nowadays moms, they want to know as much as they can. Yeah. They have to really question what's my way? What are my values? Who sounds like a voice that's speaking to me? And that's where they're probably turning to social media, influencers, finding like-minded moms. But they're also trying to figure out which brands are speaking to me. Um, There are plenty of moms who are saying, oh, that's an old-fashioned brand. I'm not that kind of mom because that's a brand that my mom used and I'm a new generation of mom. So it is a very individual way that they're kind of trying to navigate. And I think that's going to be the challenge for brands is how do you resonate? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about marketing. Um, all those moms, they are buying for themselves and also for their babies and for their families. And as, as you mentioned, they think about brands as 
brands that their parents use and therefore it's not cool for them. So even though they're maybe they're shopping for their kids, but they want a brand that resonates with their lifestyle. So how do we see marketing um, happening to how do how do brands even talk to moms? It's challenging because I think what more marketers are realizing is that being a mom is not just a single minded track. It's really about being a support in a more holistic way. So giving broader advice, more than your product probably delivers on, being there from not just a physical need, but being there as an emotional support, being there as a psychological support, and really understanding that a mom is not just this old stereotype of a mom, Mm. but really she's a collective identity of a lot of experiences. And we as responsible marketers need to respect that and to talk to that woman, talk to her in her many roles and try and find different ways to tailor that communication or then she's just going to swipe to the next brand. Are brands building their own blogs or their own communities? What are some kind of best practices that you've seen? I think it's a mix of everything. Um, It's really about trying to be relevant. And I think one of the biggest mistakes brands do is try to be relevant to everyone. So really trying to define a specific value set. And that is a lot about not just product marketing, but content marketing Mm -hmm. and tapping into the right key influencers and giving the supplemental blogs that you know she's already finding outside of your brand, but can you make it easier for her and be that trusted source for her? I know we're talking about brands having to be there for moms in a more holistic way. And I think especially these days with the internet and social media, brands feel like they need to do more. They need to be at the places where the moms are at. But can you tell us how moms are actually behaving in store? when they drive by on their bike and their shopping decision actually is so fast. Yeah, yeah. I think as marketers, we think about brands all the time. Mm -hmm. And the reality is moms have a life. People have a life outside of our products. So we spend a lot of time on crafting the perfect communication, making the perfect packaging for her. But the reality is in a lot of these markets, which are fast paced, bustling. People make quick, intuitive decisions. In Vietnam, sometimes they go to these mom and pop shops on their motorbike. They go in, they say, I want the green tin or I want the blue tin. And they make split decisions. Um, So it's really about how do you have simplistic messaging that's intuitive? Because the reality is she has so many things going on in her life. Um, we don't want to be the burden or we don't want to be imagining a consumer with this completely different story and reality. And do we also see social commerce and live streaming, this kind of new channels affecting buying behaviors from moms? Do moms go to these channels for their day-to-day needs? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, one of the biggest things that was a great aha for me is just seeing how entrepreneurial moms are in this part of the world. Mm. Um, So many moms have these side hustles and side gigs of selling 
on WhatsApp, on Facebook Messenger, on Viber. So you you have a lot of uh, what we would call stay-at-home moms, but who are completely bringing in their own side income and cash to supplement their personal needs or supplement something for their kids. Um, and I think within that, um, you do see a lot of moms live streaming or on these platforms that are starting to gamify because moms want a break. They want um, those little moments of five-minute fun if they can steal the time. Um, they love the promotions. They want to get things that are higher value. We see moms who are even traveling to other countries, buying abroad, bringing it back in, and bringing that value to other moms in their area. Um, mm. We see that in China and Hong Kong. We see that in Vietnam coming from Europe. Um, I think these moms are so resourceful and so entrepreneurial um, that they're figuring out what other like-minded moms need and want to become part of the solution. So do you see also kind of a lot of subgroups or subcultures forming amongst mom and like-minded moms? Yeah, we, we call them mom tribes. <laughs> Ten years ago, we were always talking about the tiger mom, but there's the opposite, you know, free-range mom. There's the helicopter or hover mom. There's the natural mom. And it's really about finding what are their primary values? What do they want for themselves or for their kids? Um, how much are they willing to break the rules of the society they're living in? and Or on the other hand, how much are they wanting to stay in line with the social expectations? Um, so it, it, it really is trying to understand not only the culture that these moms are living in, but w what pushes them. Do you feel like there's a lot of more pressure on moms with the social media and probably these ideal images of the mom that you'd see on Instagram? Totally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. On one hand, social media allows you to access different communities, real communities even, um, let's say you're a mom that's struggling with a difficult pregnancy. Maybe you don't feel comfortable talking about that with your close friends and family, but you can go on social media. You can find moms who are going through similar things and, and it starts to normalize some of those expectations and issues. But on the other side, social media creates even more expectations. And yeah. especially in this parts of the world, I find that A lot of moms want to see the glossy side of motherhood right. still. Yeah. Um, I do think that that's shifted in other parts of the world and it's starting to progress over here. But some moms want to see the dream. And do you feel like now brands, they're also promoting this motherhood is not perfect aspect of things? I think the opportunity and the exciting part is that brands mm -hmm. do have the impact to change what people see, a more yes. real side of motherhood, a more balanced side. A lot of brands that are starting to show more progressive sides of parenthood are featuring dads and yes. are showing that dads are really involved um, in parenthood. And I think that has a lot of benefits to it as well. So let's say you are a more premium or more luxury brand, then how, how much realness can you bring into your comms and your ads? Because 
at the end of the day, um, you want to be more aspirational and, and, and inspiration to your consumers. If you have a very real portrayal of the messiness of motherhood, are consumers going to accept that coming from a more premium or luxury brand? <laughs> That's a difficult question, but very good one, um, because I think it can go one of two ways. Some premium brands are able to show off, you know, advanced technology or advanced science in their formula, and that can create a very premium luxury look. There's another realm of brands who are talking to moms who want organic, who want less chemicals, who want less of the shiny, shiny bling marketing and want to go back to the basics. So I think you can be premium in very different styles. What we've seen a lot, especially in China in the past few years, is this rise of the female empowerment narrative. But some people say that, yes, we have more choices, but it also means that you're expected to do more. Just being a mom is not enough. You need to have your hobbies. You need to also be financially independent. So how do brands also kind of dance around this tension? Because it's so easy to get backlash these days. I think that's a big challenge. Right now, uh, what I see is more moms setting boundaries right. um, for themselves, um, setting boundaries from what their parents expect and want them to do, setting boundaries with their partners and saying, hey, here's the type of parent I want to be. Are you on this journey with me? And I think that's really healthy uh, for women and women's mental health. I think more and more moms are understanding that when they're happy as an individual, they are going to be a better mom, a strong mom. They're going to raise a child who grows up to be more confident um, because they're able to see a role model who is choosing to be multifaceted, who's choosing to have different aspects of a fulfilling life. I think a lot of progressive moms do want it all. And it, it is that balance of how do I make sure that I am nurturing myself and my needs, that I have a supportive partner and supportive family network who are going to step in if I need to step out for a little bit. I think that what brands need to do is, again, follow the journey of moms, both as an individual woman and as a caretaker, um, and just try and be there with her along the way, whatever her journey looks like. That's kind of our new responsibility. And since you mentioned dads earlier, I mean, The role of the dad is changing everywhere, I guess, um, also in Asia. More moms are staying in the work field. And so I think the reaction is these moms need partners who are going to help um, create a balanced co-parenting. Um, so dads are getting more paternity leave than ever in Asia. Um, yeah. I mean, still has a long way to go. But when the government allows dads to take that time, then you do see dads who are becoming more hands-on, more involved. Um, I think also what happened with the pandemic is a lot of people lost their jobs. And it, and it 
created a new restructure of what the the family's um, typical roles are. So maybe mom was still working and dad was having a tough time getting his job and that allowed him to spend more time with his kids. Um, so I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot more dads who want to be involved, who don't feel like they need to be sole breadwinner and so detached and society is slowly allowing them to pursue that. We're, we're seeing more shows of dads and their kids um, and doing activities where mom's not even in the picture. And I think the more society in all these different Asian countries see that, it starts normalizing um, dad's relationship with the child. And I think that's a very exciting shift we're seeing. Do you reckon that in the future there will be dad tribes? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope so, yeah. There's lots of different types of dad roles you can have too. Yeah, and I think that's a very interesting thing to think about um, in terms of the implications on design and messaging, because when we look at, for example, personal care, there tends to be two different visual language for male and female. For sure. I think even in design, we're evolving away from pink is for girls and blue is for boys. There's almost a rejection of the old ways of advertising and design and doing it in such binary ways. Um, We're seeing more gender agnostic design trends. That's popping up more in the Western side of the world, but I think that there's definitely going to be that moment in Asia Pacific as well. And it's interesting because it's also the definition of the mother expands to other people, to the network. And then the mom is not yeah. just the typical mom that we think about, but could also be a man. Um, so Yes, yeah. exactly. So how do you have a more inclusive point of view about parenting? Maybe it's not just you know, motherhood from a mother's point of view and fatherhood from a father's point of view. Um, We're seeing more communications that are talking to single parents. We're seeing more communications talking to multi-generation kids being brought up also by grandparents in the home. um, So that, that traditional sense of the nuclear family, I think is definitely evolving. And it's the responsibility of brands to keep up with that and to make sure that they're talking to real people like they want to be talked to. Um, There was, I mean, it was a few years ago, but I remember when Vaseline in India had an ad and it featured a transgender mom. Mm. And I thought that was so progressive at the time, um, but it really had an open mindset of who a mother is, what they should look like, what they should act like. And really, it's just about being a really dedicated caretaker, someone who wants to bring out the best in the child, someone who wants to create a safe space for that child and make sure that they're living up in this very uncertain world and in very mm-hmm. uncertain time, um, be able to thrive as themselves. So I'm. it's very exciting to kind of see where brands are going and and what's the Asia way of of portraying that. Yeah. Yeah. You could see a return from individualism to a new kind of collectivism. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It takes a to raise a child. 
So we've talked about this shift from collectivism, maybe a bit more to individualism, the influence of social media, new pressures, new role of dads. So clearly a lot is changing. It's a very dynamic field. And where do you see this going? Well, I think mothers will never go away. <laughs> I think parenthood will never go away. Um, I think the future of parenting is going to be a much more inclusive one in Asia. I think it's going to be talking to not just the woman who gave birth to a child, but it's going to be talking to her network, her social sphere. I think it's going to be depicting a more realistic uh, interpretation, a more realistic representation of motherhood. Maybe it's not a biological mother. Maybe it's an aunt or a supportive grandmother or a guardian. I think the definition is not so uh, single. Yeah. 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 Um, and I do think that there's going to be a lot of tech innovation um, mm -hmm. and just product innovation, yeah. knowing what millennial moms and Gen Z kids are used to we're so attached to our phones so it's not like once you become a mom you turn to the analog world so how do you infuse parenthood on your device how do you tap into smart devices that work with babies i've also seen um premiumization in different aspects moms and dads are gaining more discretionary income all across Asia, they're willing to spend on better quality, better services and experiences. So specifically in Asia, um, postpartum confinement is really important. Yes. And we're starting to see luxury versions of confinement centers that look almost like spas, which are amazing. Um, and I think a more open talk about yeah. what is parenthood what are the struggles of parenthood and how can the government, how can brands support all these parents along their journeys? I think that's where the future lies. So it really does take a village to raise a child. But as the role of the Asian mother evolves, so does the village around them. From listening to their moms and their cultural traditions, and variations across more collectivist or more individualistic societies, Asian moms now have access to information, childcare philosophies from a more diverse range of sources than ever before. Brands have adapted to this by supporting moms across channels in a much more holistic way. But in the future, it will no longer just be moms playing the role of primary caretaker. Dads, grandparents, aunts could all come into the picture again and moms could be a range of genders or people. But no matter who the caretaker is, we can be certain that the need for safety and getting the best for their kids will never change. And brands need to support this.